0: We need to figure out what the end consumer will appreciate. We need, to, we need to think of our product from their perspective and imagine them opening it and, and providing that experience for them.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Product and Packaging Powerhouse Show. And guys, you all are in for today's episode and today's treat because I have one of my personal favorites in the industry. And he's also infamously known as Corrugated, Gated, which is now a registered <laughs> trademark. And he is also the host of Sustainable Packaging Podcast and Director of Sustainable Packaging at Aora Packaging Solutions, which is Corey Connors. And so on today's episode, we're going to be highlighting Sustainable packaging, why it's necessary, and what are some things coming down the pipeline. And so for today's guest, Corey Connors, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much, Megan, my friend. I appreciate you. I'm honored to be here as one of your first guests. We've been pushing you to do this for a long time. I'm so <laughs> thankful that you've joined the forces of the the packaging podcasters. Uh, you, you've got an awesome, awesome uh, message, and I'm a, a, happy to be a Thank part you. of it.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's funny because you and Adam both have said the same thing. Like, we're so glad that you're finally on this side of the table <laughs> with your podcast. And, you know, I tell people it's time and seasons for everything. And when you all initially proposed it to me, I was like, yeah, I know, but let me work on this. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in the right mindset at that time in transparency and other things I was working on. But now in this new season, new mindset, ready. So <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm here with you and being on the other side of the table um, you know, with this podcast as well. So as we're getting started, share a little bit about yourself, Corey, and how you actually got into the sustainable packaging industry.
0: Oh yeah, I started in the industry when I was 18 years old, right out of high school. I got a job at Warehouse, Corrugated Mill, which is where I got my nickname, Corrugated. And uh, <laughs> those uh, workers there, pretty creative but it's stuck you know it it makes sense of course but spent five years working there making boxes learning how they they go together how you turn paper into corrugated it's a really important lesson for anyone in this industry to learn and uh, highly recommend always checking out mills and, and production facilities when you can i know you've done a lot of those yourself megan Yep. Uh, And then after that, I graduated with a degree in advertising. uh, And it turned out no one in the advertising industry was hiring at all. And then I found a job at uh, what was called Kent H. Landsberg Company at the time. And I thought, oh, I'll do this for a little while. and. Mm -hmm. 21 years later, I'm still here in similar capacity in in sales director role. I'm very excited to be a part of this global company that's uh, solving problems all over the place for people and helping them transition to more sustainable packaging, which is my passion. Uh, Growing up in the Northwest, that's been the key to our living up here. Uh, They call us a bunch of tree huggers and we'll we'll take it. That's true. Uh, That's accurate.
1: I love that. And so from what I've heard you mention, like you start off as a warehouse worker at 18 years old and at 18, we think we know what we want to do, but we have no clue at all. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, welcome to the real world. But the fact that you worked at the warehouse, graduated college with an advertising degree, but yet nobody was hiring. You couldn't find a job but you end up coming back around to this. So it's kind of similar, you know, in similar aspects to my journey where it was kind of a detour to destination journey. So I love that.
0: I think that's um, almost everyone that I've interviewed of my 250 episodes of sustainable packaging. I asked them, how'd you get into packaging? What's your background? And almost all of those people said they fell backwards into it. And um, I'm the same way. I didn't plan, you don't grow up saying, I want to be in the corrugated industry, <laughs> except for Jonathan Quinn. He's the only one who told yeah. me <laughs> that he yeah. wanted, He planned to be on it and uh, in the industry.
1: I love that. I love that. And I feel like a lot of us professionals who took the detour to destination journey into the packaging industry, we're starting to see a microcosm of more people learning about packagerial science and about mm-hmm. this industry and about the different positions that are available Regardless of your skill set and education background, so I really love this industry because there is something available for any and everybody in this mm-hmm. industry, which is a trillion dollar industry. Like yes. there's something available for everybody, so well I love that. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a little bit about you know how you've interviewed guests on your podcast, Sustainable Packaging Podcast, which I'm going to include the sh- in the show notes our mm-hmm. respective interview we've done together. Yes. But share with me a little bit about what inspired you to actually create the Sustainable Packaging Podcast.
0: Yeah. And again, you were one of the most elegant guests I've ever had. (laughs) I remember afterwards, uh, and you were one of my first, if I recall, like early, early days of the podcast. I remember saying to you, wow. You're a very elegant speaker. And I, I said, how do you know? And you told me a little bit about your background. And so that's why I think your podcast is going to be so successful. Oh, but uh, starting the podcast was uh, an urging from two of my friends and uh, several other people in the industry, Adam Peak and Avelio Matos, who had podcasts themselves. They said, And we were doing a lot of work together, uh, promoting a, a, a certain products and brands and the sustainable packaging industry. And they said, you know, it'd be really good if you had a podcast too, because you're always talking about sustainable packaging. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. That's a, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just turned into this passion. And I involved my wife and my kids. They all help me uh, with different aspects of it. And it's been fantastic. I'm so glad I took that leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, listening to Gary Vaynerchuk and other marketing wizards uh, encouraged me to start making TikTok. And then that turned into meeting those guys. And then that turned into uh, the podcast. And then that's turned into traveling the world speaking about sustainable packaging. I'm planning to go to Amsterdam for packaging Europe and Paris packaging week in January. So exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. And it's amazing because You know, to your point, you were just yearning to talk more about sustainable packaging Mm -hmm. and now how that, you know, initial desire to talk about sustainable packaging to now your whole family being part of the content creation, because I love seeing the pictures of your son (laughs) behind the scenes, taking your pictures and helping you record different sustainable packaging items Mm -hmm. to now you becoming a sustainable packaging expert Mm -hmm. traveling worldwide. To talk about your passion and also incorporating your advertising experience to mm-hmm. really display how all of those things really combine together. So I love that. And it's just a beautiful story to hear. Thank
0: you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I came in with the the intentions of helping the planet and mm-hmm. showing my kids that look, if we can do the right thing here, we'll be successful and we'll mm-hmm. we'll do we'll help improve the world, make it a better place for for you and for your kids someday. You know? Yeah.
1: I love that. And because now it's starting to become a generational thing. You're teaching mm-hmm. your kids who teach their kids and hopefully be able to make a greater impact on the planet and each other. So I yes. love that. So since you're teaching your children about sustainable packaging and really being, as Adam Peake says, packaging stewards of the mm-hmm. earth, from your perspective, what are some main environmental challenges that have mm-hmm. been posed with utilizing traditional packaging and how can sustainable packaging help address these issues?
0: Yeah, great question. Packaging has been overdone, over-engineered, too much, too large, too many layers for too long. It was a sign of prestige if you had to open seven different layers to get to your beautiful watch. Um, And I think things are changing for the better. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, of course, there's luxury brands and you expect that elegant experience. But I think a lot of the brands are realizing, hey, if we have minimal packaging here, if we have the least amount possible Mm -hmm. and that still protects the product, we can still have great sales and our, our customers will actually thank us because COVID really put a spotlight on, look at how much waste we're producing because people had their home. They're stuck. They're not able to take uh, the corrugated boxes to their dumpster at work, you know, okay. for recycling. So they had to, were forced to deal with all of the purchases that we all did online. And it's it's all right. You know, that's fine that we did that. Yeah. Um, but even those retailers and direct-to-consumer companies have made significant improvements. And uh, that's exciting to see.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And you mentioned retailers. And we're mm-hmm. starting to see a lot more retailers transition to for brands to start utilizing more sustainable packaging. Mm-hmm. So I know Target has an initiative where by 2025, they want to see more brands that are positioned start utilizing more sustainable packaging. Right. So from your perspective, do you think that's a good thing? You know, that retailers are starting to make that shift and why?
0: It's exciting. I know a lot of people give a bad time to some of these big box stores. Mm -hmm. um, But to be honest, they are leading the charge for this because it almost always is a cost saving when you're using less packaging, when you're right sizing your box or your uh, material. It it helps a lot. It helps everyone. And I think we're seeing a renaissance Mm -hmm. and it's, it's really cool to watch and to be a part of and to help guide it. Uh, even to have people reach out to me and say, what what can we do with this? How would you repackage that? And at Aurora, we have 70 locations nationally. So we can help support some of these larger companies and transition to uh, better packaging.
1: I love that. I love that. So you mentioned your company and you're Mm -hmm. the director of sustainable packaging, which is a new role for you within the past few months. So congratulations on this new journey. And so even just you being within the company for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. what have you seen as like the paradigm shift with sustainable packaging and making it readily available to brands and consumers alike?
0: Well, I think you and I both know that it, they used to call it green packaging or mm-hmm. environmentally friendly packaging. Yeah. And the the feedback we would get is, sure, if it's a cost savings too, and it almost never was back then because we didn't have the scale. So Mm -hmm. now what we're seeing is that tipping point where so many people are adopting these new materials and implementing them. The costs are coming down. The Mm -hmm. scale is there now. It's exciting to see, you know, things like Scotch Cushion Lock replacing Mm -hmm. plastic bubble, uh, things like FlexiHex replacing foam for spirits. And it's exciting to see Mm -hmm. that and to get this positive feedback from Uh, the consumers of these materials when they get these packages delivered to them Mm -hmm. and they light up like, hey, I can reuse this or I can recycle this at my house, you know, and it's no problem. So it's really cool. I'm enjoying it.
1: I love that. And guys, if you're on TikTok, (laughs) <laughs> and you have not followed Corrugated, I will put his direct link in the show notes for you all because his content is phenomenal. I learn something new every time I see one of your TikTok videos. Thank it's you. amazing because to your point, there's so many different sustainable packaging that's coming out, different substrate, different materials, yeah. thinking about the end of use life and more mm-hmm. that you have to stay abreast and follow people who are in this space very closely just to keep stay abreast of what's going on because it's, it's ramping up rapidly. Right. Absolutely. You know? So even thinking about like, as part of sustainable packaging, you have corporate sustainability and then environmental, Mm -hmm. social and governance, ESG. And then now we have new regulations and guidelines in place, like packaging EPR, extended Mm -hmm. producer responsibility. Yes. So speaking of packaging EPR, you know, this is something where here in the US, we're still in this infancy stage, but it's slowly knocking at our back door here in the US where the end of life is going to be the financial responsibility of the brand. Right. So share with me a little bit about your thoughts of packaging EPR and how it's correlated with sustainable packaging and mm-hmm. the circular economy that we're currently in.
0: It's it's exciting. It's uh it's really stressful for someone like me because uh people are asking me constantly what about this? What about that? What do you think of, you know, and they, I don't have a crystal ball. (laughs) Um, I wish I did because I'd be a bazillionaire, Uh, but people people are uh, concerned. Uh, Brands, packaging companies, you know, uh, if you manufacture this kind of material and they outlaw this kind of material, oh no, what do you do, right? So we have to be ready to pivot. We have to be ready to replace. We have to have several options. I always say in ABC, You know, let's have plan A, let's have plan B, and let's have a plan C too, just mm-hmm. in case those other two don't work or there's not enough scale to make them happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think what you're seeing is extended producer responsibility will hopefully uh, cause some similar uh, laws to sprout up in all 50 states mm-hmm. and then eventually globally, uh, and these laws will become uh, something that we can all abide by. I liken it to uh, Prop 65 in California. Yeah. Uh, when that law came to fruition, a lot of people said, oh man, now we have to have different packaging just for one state. Well, what mm-hmm. they did instead was just say, why don't we just make it Prop 65 compliant for every state? Mm-hmm. And so and so we get to have the scale, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what you're gonna see is whoever has the most stringent extended producer responsibility law that's who we're going to follow. And then we'll be good for all 50 states, right? So there's Mm -hmm. almost this competition, like who's going to have the strictest rules? Is it going to be California, Oregon, Washington, Colorado? Who knows? We'll see. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think it is good. And even just thinking about like recyclability. So I live Mm -hmm. in the South, I'm a Southern girl to my core. And I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. So how we recycle things in Atlanta, versus how you recycle things is different Mm -hmm. like the infrastructure for recycling and the recycling facilities are not the same you know so it's thinking about like packaging epr is great sustainability is great but how do we really get down to the core to really start setting up proper infrastructure nationwide Mm -hmm. so our recycling whether you're in new york georgia california washington to even arkansas my home state shout out to my home state um, (laughs) You know, how how can we all be uniform, you know, from a recycling standpoint and have the right infrastructure in place. So then when those stringent states come down the pipeline with the most stringent laws and guidelines, everybody's on one accord. So I think we still have a good bit of work, but I'm glad that it is here because it is exciting. you know, to see that and what's the ultimate outcome going to be too.
0: Very true. Absolutely. Exactly right. These municipalities need to get together and get on the same page. Mm -hmm. I just posted this morning about AI and how it's going to be used to sort or how it's being used to sort uh, recycling. And it's making these these MRFs, these uh, material recycling facilities, uh, significantly more accurate mm-hmm. and it's allowing the people that used to do that job where they would pull things off the line to do other things at the MurF that are uh, you know less stressful because the Murphs that I've toured the, uh, the the president or the director, whoever gives the tour always says the same thing this job's really hard uh, mm-hmm. imagine doing that for eight to ten hours a day uh, just staring at the line trying to find, Specific material um, that's really taxing on a person. Uh, Mm -hmm. So to replace those people uh, or reassign them to different tasks that are maybe less difficult uh, is a good good idea and and great news.
1: Yeah, I think that's great. So I'm actually going to go to my local MRF. So I live in the (laughs) suburbs of Atlanta, and (laughs) there's a recycling facility literally. Probably five minutes from I can almost throw the rock at the location, <laughs> you know. But I'm actually going to go there and see if they're going to start utilizing AI to help with sorting, because to your point, that is a very tedious job, you know, mm-hmm. to look at specific materials on the line to help pull that and making sure that it's being properly recycled and look thinking about the sizes. Guys, it's a whole thing behind recycling. It's amazing. If you've never been to a MRF or a recycling center, please visit one. Ask questions, guys. I learned something the first time I went. I was just um, I was floored mm-hmm. by how much stuff that they, they are going through per day, and I was there for an hour, and yeah. I was like, oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> it's overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: It's very overwhelming. So, but I'm glad to hear you know how technology is now being incorporated into this process to help yeah. lessen the frustration and helping it helping people not be as overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So I love that. So thinking about like, you know, the different brands that are now utilizing sustainable packaging, you mm-hmm. know, regardless if it's recyclable, compostable, biodegradable, um, you know, everything, right. Everything's falling yeah. underneath the umbrella of sustainability. What companies have you seen execute sustainable packaging beautifully?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about quite a few. Okay. Um, I try not to mention specific brands cause I don't want to upset okay. anybody. I, uh, there are certain industries that really get it and surfers understand Mm. surfers want to be sustainable because they're in the water they're using that resource of the ocean and the last people that want to uh use products that won't um do well in water uh Mm -hmm. if you know what i mean um don't want to have bad packaging uh so it's interesting like four or five people that i've had on my podcast are surfers and what? several of them have started their own companies like like for example flexihex sam and will Bowie. they're both uh surfers and they started this uh, they invented this product that's uh taking over that industry in a great way right? Mm -hmm. And replacing uh, things like a plastic bubble, which, Mm -hmm. frankly, doesn't really get recycled very often. It might get reused. And uh, of course, people enjoy popping it. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the number one pushback I get when I do videos like that, you're not getting my, you're not replacing bubble wrap, man. I love it. It's my favorite. Yeah, (laughs) I know.
1: It's it's like, (laughs) oh my gosh, just hearing the noise and like the sensory part of it is, yeah, my favorite too.
0: Yeah. But there are a lot of great brands doing a lot of great things. It's exciting.
1: Yeah. I love that. And one thing that, you know, just understanding like with FlexiHacks and how this was created by surfers, Mm -hmm. I think this is really part of understanding advertising and marketing too, with understanding your end consumer and what's really valuable to them. So how, and how they're being planets, you know, excuse me, not planets, but how they're being stewards of packaging to really ultimately positively impact our environment and our planet. So With your advertising, marketing, sales, and sustainable packaging background, what recommendations or pieces of advice would you give to brands to start thinking about how to incorporate all of those things, marketing, sustainable packaging, to really target their end consumer and be intentional about the packaging they're creating?
0: I love that. That's exactly right. We need to figure out what the end consumer will appreciate we need to we need to think of our product from their perspective and imagine them opening it and and providing that experience for them you know thinking through how can they recycle this material or how can they break it down so it's small enough to fit into their bin or you know or reuse it Uh, or Mm -hmm. send send it back for reuse. Uh, Can we, zero packaging and zero waste stores are are popping up all over the country, which is exciting. Um, But I would say, in particular, if you're a brand listening, think of the full loop of of Mm -hmm. how, what's going to happen. So you, you, even if you buy something that you think is sustainable, and your consumer can't, Reuse it or recycle it. Is it really that sustainable? And yeah. you know, should we do a, a life cycle analysis of this? I think that's what I always, I think, and and reach out to a, an expert or two, reach out to your local Aurora rep and or or Megan and and you know somebody that can come to you and you know come up with several ideas that you uh, you may love and then try them out. Uh, yeah. My my second piece of advice is do a trial run mm. and and see what your consumers think of it, not, you know, and look at the actual reviews, like talk to them, call them. Hey, did you get that? What'd you think of that new box? Is that cool? Or are we on the wrong path here?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And one thing I always encourage my clients to do is to your point, conduct a focus group. It's better to use your existing clientele versus starting brand new because your existing clientele has seen your multiple iterations of your products, of your packaging, they are really intentional about really supporting your company. And they're going to give you the real deal truth. Like this is not working. This does not resonate with me. Or yes, this does, you know, and where I'm geographically located, I love the sustainable packaging or the minimalist Mm -hmm. packaging, you know? So I tell my clients that all the time, please conduct focus groups using your existing clientele. It's easier, you know, It's easy and they're going to give you the real insight of what's going on. So very valid point. So now since we're talking, you know, kind of shifting gears and giving recommendations to brands and companies alike, we're starting to see a lot more Indian startup brands wanting Mm -hmm. to utilize sustainable packaging, which is fantastic. However, some of the constraints that they endure is lack of budgets. They may Mm -hmm. not have the capital to, you know, be able to invest in sustainable packaging right now. So what recommendations would you provide to those Indian startup brands that want mm-hmm. to utilize sustainable packaging, but may not have as much capital as a mid or large scale company?
0: Yeah. I love this question because it comes to me a lot. Hey, we're, we're a mom and pop. We just started this brand. It's, we're making cookies that people love them or whatever the case, whatever, insert your product here. Mm-hmm. I'm always um, advising people to start with stock packaging. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can make stock packaging look beautiful. Uh, And to be very honest, it's very sustainable if done correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, craft corrugated boxes, uh, craft void fill materials, stock Mm -hmm. bags. Um, You know, you're not having to set up the machine special for you. And a lot of that comes with uh, the customization comes with printed tape, Mm -hmm. uh, printed labels, um, an insert card that's maybe something reusable what if your insert card is a postcard that you can send to your friends that has your branding on it you know yeah. these kinds of thoughts different ways of thinking will absolutely help you innovate and and gain a loyal following for for a small company
1: I love that and it's very similar to what I encourage like my clients like they're like I want the Dom perion of packaging <laughs> and it's yes. like that's nice and all but understanding your consumers or your clients that may not resonate with them and then secondly you're going to spend all that money to have the dom on packaging but yet mm. unfortunately you have a budweiser bud light budget <laughs> being honest yeah. you know but there's other ways to still have an elevated experience utilizing stock packaging packaging tape you know right. different labels like one of my favorite labels is dome tag where it's actually like a epoxy gel label mm-hmm. that really has like texture. So it's something really cool, something easy. You can, and it is universal that you can apply on everything. So y'all hear Corey. He is saying the same things I tell my clients <laughs> do. You know, like start with stock packaging. Stock packaging is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not customizing directly on boxes. Everybody's not printing directly or doing embossed layers. That may come as you evolve but yes. stock packagings are great options, guys. Great mm-hmm. options. So very good feedback. Thank so you. now for us to kind of shift gears a little bit and really thinking about, you know, how you kicked off the Sustainable Packaging Podcast and how you had the opportunity to have 250 episodes and counting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's a lot of people who are launching podcasts, including myself. This is something <laughs> new and exciting for me. Again, so congrats. Yeah,
0: thank
1: you. You know, it's phenomenal because I have people like you and other industry professionals who understand and support. And that's what I love about this industry is that we're all working together. We don't look at each other's competition. We look at each other as actual industry friends and professionals. And how can I help you? Or I may not be a good fit. Let me refer you to Corey or refer you mm-hmm. to whomever. So that's what I love about this space. And so from your time having the podcast and also being a LinkedIn creator, you're a creator top voice, you're a LinkedIn podcaster, Mm -hmm. and you're traveling the world speaking about your passion, sustainable packaging. What pieces of advice would you give to those who are looking to do something similar? Create Mm -hmm. a podcast, become a speaker, or just really get into the packaging industry? What, What would you recommend to them?
0: Oh, I love that question. It's important to be yourself. I think being authentic. I, I interviewed Jake uh, Carl's from Midday Squares. Have you heard that brand? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Mind it's a really cool new new uh, snack brand. They make uh, chocolate squares. Kim Kardashian's mm-hmm. one of their customers. it's, it's Ooh, kind of okay. yeah. It, they did a rap video. You would you'd love it, Megan. They're they're okay. awesome people. Like good good company. But I interviewed him, and we kept saying the same thing is authentic be authentic be yourself you can't do this passionately with a false front uh you have to be yourself and you have to truly follow what you're passionate about or people will they'll see through it and they won't believe it and then the other piece of advice is people want to help um i get a lot of messages that are 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 very good um where reach out to me and ask, how do I do this? What would you do if you were here in this situation? And I'll, I'm happy to help. My mm-hmm. advice when you reach out to somebody on a DM or or a, a email or a private message is be precise. Just this is who I am. This is what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, hey, how you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> Stop. Like, don't waste anybody's time with that, especially your own. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you want something from me as a person, I might give it to you if I feel like you're asking me in a kind way Mm -hmm. and you're not just trying to take from me, you know, like your microphone. Like I was like, yeah, "Yeah, I'll give you my microphone. I did that one didn't work for my setup, but this one, you know, it is perfect for yours. So uh, happy to give when I can. And I think that's the feeling I get from most people as especially as they get higher up in their career.
1: Yeah, I love that. And because we have an influx of people sliding through LinkedIn DMs, Mm -hmm. you know, for intentional connections to have one-on-one conversations, which are great. But we also, which is being honest, we're also getting a lot of people who are just being spammy mm-hmm. and coming through DMs and not really being intentional, or authentic. And they want something from us, but yet they don't want to reciprocate it back. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but, you know, being able to discern between those things and still being yourself at the end of the day is ultimately all you can do because it's only one you. You right. know, we may all be like, we're in both in the packaging industry, but I can never be Corey, you can never be Megan, you know, right. but how we show up, we complement each other in this mm-hmm. industry, based upon yeah. our authenticity.
0: Perfect. Exactly. We're, we're feeling that niche of a missing point uh, for each other. And mm-hmm. I think that's so critical to yeah. allow uh, yourself to realize that you're not going to be good at everything. And you're not mm. going to understand everything. And that's when I, you know, when you humble yourself and you realize I'm not, you know, allow yourself to learn is basically oh. what I'm saying. Allow yourself to humbly ask for assistance or or wisdom.
1: Oh, wait. I tell people all the time, I stay a student. Mm-hmm. I have to, because just within packaging alone, there are so many things rapidly coming out from different materials, substrates like we talked about earlier, and even sustainable packaging. I come to you, I come to your podcast to learn and really wanted to seek information because it's so much out here. And so even though I have my own company, I tell people I stay a student to make sure I'm bringing those lessons back to you all and incorporating in the work I do. Guys, so y'all hear it. Corey is telling you, stay a student, be open to learn because there's so much in this industry alone on top of the products, on top of regulations, guidelines, laws, yep. international, domestic, then to different cities, and municipality. Guys, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It is a lot. So stay a student at the end of the day is really key. That. So since you've had your podcast for the past couple of years now, what have you learned
0: hmm. since
1: you started the podcast?
0: Just like you said, I'm a student. (laughs) I'm a student every day. I'm learning daily. I'm constantly being kindly corrected uh, by my friends. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I want, I appreciate, you know, I remember when Avelio Matos uh, messaged me, hey, you spelled your company name wrong on your LinkedIn profile. I was like, what? How many years has that been? You know, I spelled it Landberg instead of Landsberg or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the answer is I, I learn every day. I enjoy the constant changes in the industry. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my biggest uh, focuses at Aurora is finding new materials and finding Mm -hmm. new packaging ideas and concepts. And Mm -hmm. so I'm constantly pitched new ideas and new, new things Mm -hmm. uh, that are supposed to be more sustainable, uh, which I truly enjoy. Uh, But everybody has a different perspective. yeah. And I think, like you said, you live in Atlanta, that's a different viewpoint of the world than living in Oregon or California or Canada or South Africa or yeah. whatever, wherever the person may be, yeah. they have a different point of view about how the world works. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to be patient with each other, and be appreciative of each other's differences. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll interview somebody from the Netherlands and they'll say, what? You don't recycle this? You know, like, what's wrong with you? You know, I interviewed uh, my friend, Chandru from South Africa. And he said, you know, Corey, not everybody here can even afford to think about uh, mm. recycling. It's a, it's a luxury. I said, mm. whoa, uh, yeah. that, that was a real kick in the stomach for me. Like, hey man, you got to think who you're talking to here. Mm. And he was very, very respectful. And he's a great man. He really put it into perspective for me. of We got to listen to each other. We got to appreciate where we're at in the world and yeah. what's available to us. What are our resources?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And just that's almost like a gut punch where he was mm-hmm. like, the person you interviewed from South Africa, where recycling is a luxury. Mm-hmm. Even like thinking about when I went to India, like I'm, you know, how recycling is done, like that may be considered a luxury. So to your point, where we all are geographically located, we have to be kind to each other, but also seek to understand what's going on in their area and how we can learn from each other to then come together and ultimately make a positive impact. So I think that's gold. And I love that, you know, you've gained that from your time having the podcast. So guys, Corey is like a TikTok sensation who go, <laughs> who's infamously go by corrugated, which he just received his official registered trademark. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Yes. So as part of like protecting your brand by getting your registered trademark, would you recommend brands to consider getting a trademark? And if so, why?
0: Yeah, I think it's important. I think, uh, especially when it's something unique like that, where yeah. if it was compromised, it could really be a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had several people reach out to me and say, Oh, I wish my name was Corey. That's such a cool, that's such a <laughs> cool nickname, you know, in packaging. Um, uh, but I think it's important to protect yourself and your brand, uh, your identity, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Pay the, the eight bucks a month whatever on, on Instagram to verify yourself because, you know, what if somebody's out there saying negative things as you? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of copycat accounts. So you can mm-hmm. say, well, I'm the only verified one. So look at that one. That kind of investment, although it may seem big to some people, uh, is very worth it and uh, very valuable.
1: I love that. And I even just think back on when I first got my registered trademark for the project execution, her, you know, that's part of my brand, part of my identity. And that's how I introduced myself too. So, you know, thinking about that, I wanted to protect my brand and be able to utilize it however I see fit, but it's also who I am. It's a representation of me, you know? So I really think that it's really valuable that we really take time to invest in our brands. It may seem like a lot on the front end, but on the back end, it can be so much, so worth it and save us headache, frustration, feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and paying out more money on the back end because we didn't do some of the due diligence up front. So I like that. So before we get into our power round, I like to ask this question of all of our guests, which is what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who is starting out or looking to transition into the packaging industry?
0: I would say um, to shadow someone for a a day or uh, reach out to someone who has a job that's similar to the one that you think you want and just take that 10 minutes and send them a a message and say, hey, I'm interested in in what you do. I, I respect your position and I'd like to give it a shot. Can you talk to me for five minutes about the pros and cons, you know, or Uh, Like I said before, can you spend some time at the production facility? Mm -hmm. If you want to go into sales, go to a corrugated mill and Mm -hmm. see how they make boxes. Then consider selling those, you know, Um, same with any of the packaging specific industry things. They go to the mill, go to the MRF, learn how they're recycled, Uh, talk to the people that are doing it every day. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think you'll get real answers because they don't yeah. have anything to lose. There's no, uh, they're not going to, you know, shine you on. They're going to say, Hey, yeah. this, this, maybe this is right for you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so ask, ask for help, ask for input.
1: I love that. And guys, there's a, there are countless professionals that are out there that are willing to take five, 10 minutes for you to ask questions, understand what a day in their life is like. I speak with people all the time, you know, from LinkedIn or wherever. They're like, hey, can I learn more about what you do or how you got started? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I wish I would have had that. And I'm grateful for my journey too. Don't get me wrong. But I wish I would have known more about the packaging industry much earlier, yeah. especially like getting my undergrad degree in chemistry. I wish I would have known about packaging back then. Like that was a whole industry. I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to pharmacy school, but (laughs) now to detour and be in packaging, I could not see myself anywhere else, Mm -hmm. you know, but guys interview, reach out to people who may be in that role that you're seeking or want to seek to understand, because you may learn that, you know, I thought I wanted to do sales, but maybe I want to do procurement, or Mm -hmm. maybe I want to do production, or maybe I want to do project management that's my role. Um, you know, <laughs> it's so many different areas of the business. And this is a trillion dollar industry. There right. is something available for any and everybody in this role, whether you're just graduating high school, or you're transitioning as a mid or mid level senior level professional looking to transition for your next career move. There's something available for everybody in packaging. So I love that. So thank you for that great piece of advice. So guys, as we are wrapping up today's episode, we're about to get into our power round. So our power round is going to be quick 30 seconds asking our industry powerhouse, Corey Connors, about some of his favorites as well. So I'm going to put the timer up for 30 seconds and we're going to see how quick Corey can respond to these questions. (laughs) Corey, you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. So I hear that you were an extra in the movie. So let us know what movie you were an extra in.
0: Uh, Two movies, Men of Honor and Kindergarten Cop.
1: Oh, I love Men of Honor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you could pick a movie to play as the main character, which movie would it be and why?
0: Oh, Rocky, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be amazing. (laughs) Okay. Nice.
1: So what are some transferable skills you learned from acting that's transferred to packaging?
0: Oh, patience. Yeah, it's hurry up and wait. Just like a packaging project. Hurry up. Wait. Yeah. Hurry up. Wait.
1: Yeah. Okay. Patience. That's a big one. We definitely need it. Yeah. And then last question to round us out. Why do you love packaging?
0: Mm. I think because it touches all of our lives. Uh, every single day. Look around your desk. Look around your car. Wherever you are right now. Look around. You'll see packaging.
1: I love that. I love that. And the fact that you are an extra man of honor. Like mm. phenomenal.
0: Oh, I was honored to be a part of it, Uh, to Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro. I was in a scene, just the two of them with me. Uh, I can't even imagine how that happened. Uh, I, of course, didn't have a speaking role or anything, um, but I was there with them. And that was really neat to just be five feet from them while they did their amazing work.
1: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm about to go add Men of Honor onto yeah. my playlist to go watch so I can specifically see you in the movie.
0: The part where he, lets, uh, he gets into the uh, base where they, oh, finally, wow. they finally let him in. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's you. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: guys, please go watch Men of Honor. And what, was the second, what was the second movie?
0: Kindergarten Cop. with. Uh, oh my gosh, Kindergarten yeah, yeah. Cop. I was uh, 13 at the time and uh, was just a background extra you know, no, no speaking role at all, but, uh, we watched it actually last night with my kids. We bought it. They'd never seen it. And, uh, oh. so I, I pointed to myself and cause my son's about the age, uh, that I was when I did that. Wow. So he thought that was pretty cool.
1: That is pretty <laughs> cool. And I love kindergarten cop. Like that's a childhood staple. of
0: Solid movie. Right.
1: Yes, it is solid. (laughs) So as we're wrapping up for today's episode here on the product and packaging powerhouse, Corey, let everybody know how they can get in contact with you and also follow your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Reach out on LinkedIn. I'm Corey Connors, uh, C-O-R-Y-C-O-N-N-O-R-S. I don't think there's another one with that spelling, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, if it's not my picture, it's not me. And uh, yeah, the podcast is Sustainable Packaging Podcast uh, with Corey Connors. It's this logo here with the green and yellow that Thank you, Avelio Matos, for designing it. Uh, I can never get new glasses because my face is my (laughs) logo, uh, but that's all right. Uh, I'm okay with that.
1: I love it. I mean, it's part of your brand now. So Mm -hmm. you have to stay on brand. So shout out to Avelio, um, Avelio, Adam and Corey. They are the triple threat Mm -hmm. uh, for people that have packaging podcasts. And all of his links will be down in the show notes for you all, as well as me and Corey's interview talking about is beauty packaging sustainable. Mm -hmm. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, make sure you do follow, like, and subscribe to our platforms and share it amongst your network as well. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon.